Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Don't hold anything too tightly. Just wish for it, want it, let it come from the intention of real truth for you, and then let it go. For me, our soul is like, it's unbound, it's limitless, but we will use words to limit ourselves. When people stop believing that somebody's got your back or Superman's coming, we turn to ourselves and that's where you become empowered. Courageous participation attracts positive things. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow, and this is the Goop Podcast, where we bring together thought leaders, scientists, healers, creatives, and seekers. I'm so grateful to be able to interview these bright minds and share their incredible wisdom with you. And I especially love listening to the conversations that are led by my brilliant co-host and friend, Erica Chitty. Erica is the CEO and co-founder of Loom, and she's been a part of the Goop family since the beginning days. We believe that simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. I'll let Erica fill you in on her guest today. My guest today is comedian Catherine Cohen. Catherine is the author of God, I Feel Modern Tonight, which is a book of poetry. This year, she also released her first Netflix comedy special called The Twist. She's gorgeous. And I loved it. She has a unique way of incorporating cabaret-style musical performances into her stand-ups. I loved getting to talk to Catherine today about how she learned to get comfortable making fun of herself. In addition to comedy, Catherine and I also talk about her wellness routine, what makes her feel most vulnerable, and why it's okay to be bored sometimes. Okay, let's get to my chat with Catherine Cohen. I feel like you do such a great job of interconnecting the banal and the humorous and the painful thank you i try what else what else are we supposed to do you've had a long-running podcast seek treatment which i love yes and thank you folks are seek treatment is also just so humorous (laughs) as a child of clinicians i'm very into medical terminology (laughs) seek treatment seek treatment's an inside term where you're just like they're gonna need to totally treatment yeah thing is medical to us every little thing is medical <laughs> yeah agreed <laughs> wait is are your do your parents do you have a medical background not at all no my, at all. my parents I grew up in Houston Texas my parents work in business I literally don't know more than that about what they really do but I love them they're very they don't fully understand what I do but they're beyond supportive so I'm very lucky they're not allowed to listen to the podcast as I'm sure you can understand why 
Yeah, absolutely. It's like, <laughs> it's like, stay away. But we love parents that are supportive and have no idea what we do. I feel like I also suffer from that affliction with my family. They're like, you keep doing it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Just do your thing, babe. Where are your parents living? My parents are in America, but they are between California and I was like about to say Georgia, but mm -hmm. I actually wanted to say Atlanta because I said California and sure. then got not, not descriptive about where. And <laughs> right. It's only well, right. Well, it's only right to try and, <laughs> and clarify. Analogous. Uh, yeah. Yes. So going back to what I was saying, so with your podcast, you know, there is this focus on like I was saying, like the banal and the painful, but also bringing humor into into what we call this thing, life. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> this crazy old game. This crazy old game. But at the same time, when you're doing the podcast, you also publish a book of poems and you are writing on other projects and you have this amazing Netflix special that just came oh, out. Thank you. So, you're busy. You're super busy. And so it's I... never enough. It's never enough. Every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm the biggest loser on planet earth. <laughs> well, let's, uh, well, let's talk about that because that's, <laughs> let's talk about feeling like the biggest loser on planet earth, because I feel like with all of your work, you, you lean a lot into your own cringe and you lean a lot mm. into what is, is really uncomfortable. And so how did you find comfort or how did you get comfortable with making fun of yourself and, and drawing out those darker qualities good question i feel like it starts when you're young and you're like okay i'm not the pretty hot girl that all the boys want to kiss it felt like a superpower when i discovered i could make people laugh and they would want to be around me and they'd be interested in me so it starts out of pure necessity and <laughs> needing to be not in constant pain and as i got older i feel like i was drawn to just work by women who were saying things that I, I couldn't believe were being said out loud. I was like, oh, I need more of this because, because ultimately you realize that whatever you're going through, like you, I always feel like you're not uniquely fucked. Like whatever weirdest, grossest thought or thing you're experiencing, like it's, it's happened and everyone's basically the same, even though some people are, of course, monsters and demons and some people are angels from heaven above. But yeah, I think I just felt like, oh, if I share something about myself that's vulnerable, people are probably going to relate to it. And then we'll all feel sort of healed together. I just want people to feel like happy and in love with themselves because you only have one self to be. I just, I was just joking. I was like, it's kind of cool how we're assigned these random lives and we sort of just have to live them. <laughs> exactly. You can't be like, well, look, I'm not totally happy with this package. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, who can I talk to about, you know, a refund? Totally. I, I completely agree with you. And I think... <laughs> What you just said, though, I want to seize on and dig in a little bit about you talked about you, you kind of developed this knack or this ability to be funny out of a necessity to not be in pain. What do you mm -hmm. mean by that? Hmm. What? That's such an, I'm like, what do I literally mean by that? As they always say, comedy is tragedy plus time, as they say in the biz. And I remember once talking to Pat Regan, who I host the podcast with, and I was embarrassed about, I don't remember, something, some drunken night out or something. And he's like, oh, don't worry. It'll be funny once the shame wears off. And I'm like, it's so true. Like everything ultimately becomes funny because it's just <laughs> random and LOL. I'm like, yeah. so when you have perspective on something horrible, it becomes funny. The opening song in my special is basically saying boys never wanted to kiss me. So now I do comedy. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And I don't think I would have thought that was very funny when I was 
you know, in the seventh grade crying in my bed because so-and-so who will not go named actually kissed my friend at the Super Bowl party and not me. And then I was embarrassed. Well, look at me now, publicly, professionally embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Embarrassed as a living. (laughs) You know, going back to what I asked you around trying to not be in pain, I think such a big part of our identity is formed when we're really young at that, you know, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, when we kind of figure out what is our way of not being in pain. And some of us find productive ways of negotiating that pain or mitigating it. And then some of us find ways that are less productive. And when I, th- when I think about productivity, I think about kind of middle school and high school, I was a, a big kind of like drama theater child. We love it. And I, we love it. I feel like drama theater kids, no matter how old we get, we will always have this, like very like concrete DNA that just like connects us ac- <laughs> like across across the across the continents across the ether. But did you do a lot of that in school? Like, what was that another place to escape? Like being yeah. performative. I think all all theater kids have a sense of like not belonging and believing they're truly destined for something fabulous. And that, you know, that feeling of like, I can't wait to get out of this town. Oh my God, I'm going to be a big star. Like that's what kind of glues us all together, being convinced that we're just like the best, which is special. Insane. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, don't, don't get me started. Yeah, you know, I did a lot of musical theater growing up, but even then I felt like, you know, I never got the lead parts. I never was like the star of it, which I think is a good thing. I, I feel like I, throughout my adolescence, I was certain I was destined for something fabulous. I think only because, as I mentioned before, I have very supportive parents. So, and I always joke that my dad loves me like too much. Like he's, I literally call them and my dad's like, how's the most perfect girl in the world doing? So I think even though society was telling me to fuck off, my parents instilled in me a confidence that whatever I was going through would eventually end and I was gonna do something wonderful with my life. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com host. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. I think having that that supportive trampoline is 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 so important and I'm not gonna project the value of that, but you know, I think many of us would wish to have that similar, you know, I guess the best way to describe it would be like cheerleading from home, you know. But interestingly, I I can relate because my parents mm-hmm. were like that too. They were like, And that's rare, right? Like I feel like we're very lucky. It is. And I, I think what it does, even though my family of origin, super complex, like all kinds of, you, you know, trauma and complexity, mm-hmm. but what was never in short supply was like, you're, you're pretty good. 
you're pretty mm-hmm. great. You gotta, you know, go out and you're gonna go out and do great things. However, I think the other side of that though is, you know, you talked about it a couple minutes ago. You just said like, it's never enough. Yeah, right? I know. It's, so, I know, I know, because I think, I think that launching pad sets you up for this kind of voracious appetite to, to kind of get things done. And I really have felt, especially over the past couple of years, doing a lot of deeper, just psychological work and like introspection that, you know, busyness is my bomb. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, I haven't tried to pathologize it lately because I feel like there, again, we were just talking about mitigating pain. There's just so many ways to do it. And so if, you know, if my juice is staying really busy, God bless. Like, I just, <laughs> I, nothing I can can do about that. But I think it's it's interesting though to kind of sit with it and understand like how it maps out to so many other things. I could not relate more. I think only in in very recent years, yeah, like kind of over the pandemic. I think you know my boyfriend would sort of tell me like, you know, you're you're in, inherently worthy regardless of how successful you are. And I'm like, no, I'm not. He was kind of like, do you notice how you call everyone like a loser? Like, what is that? And then I kind of unpacked how I really, I'm. this is something I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling with in such a real way. Like, I really don't believe that I would, like, if I wasn't, if I'm not working or doing something exciting or cool or special that I'm like irrelevant, which is so, which is, I mean, I know it's not true intellectually, but physically I'm like, oh, well, you know, what's interesting is so let's let's like let's touch on that for a moment, because I really identify with that, too, in the sense that even though psychologically, intellectually, you and I both know that that's not true and not relevant, the physiological response that you're having is what makes it real. So it's actually the thing that I also, too, am trying to fight is although there's so much mental rigor around knowing that that is not true, how do I help my body understand that and not push back on what my mind knows? I feel like that's, that's kind of the quandary is chicken before egg, right? It's because at the end of the day, it's like your body's the thing that's taken all the heat for all of it's like the body the body keeps the score that right. whole concept i just started listening to that the audio book of that isn't that humiliating no it, <laughs> i just dove in 20 year 2022 <laughs> i'm just diving in well you, you know what i do feel like listening to a book like that is actually really therapeutic because it we all have channels right like channels that feel more supportive for taking in kind of high impact information that feels like the best channel to take that book in because it is pretty dense. And the other thing that I would like kind of throw out and suggest take it or leave it is as you're listening to the book, just like noticing kind of like what comes up in your body, because I think that really, that's the piece that I think we just sometimes throw away and forget. And, and actually a question that it brings me to is, you know, you performed your Netflix special set, I think, 26 times in a row. I prior. did. Yes. Oh, my God. They've done their research. She has. I'm honored. <laughs> I Yeah, I did. I did at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2019. I'd done the show a bunch, but that's where it really kind of solidified and became something that I felt was nothing's ever finished, as you know, but it felt like a finished product by then. And I was ready to kind of move on creatively. So that's sort of the version that we filmed for Netflix. Yeah. And so when you are in that type of intensity you know how are you kind of like 
if you are taking care of yourself, like what? <laughs> like, I'm laughing. What is- yeah, I'm laughing because I literally lost my mind during that month. I was so, you know, I've had, I've struggled with like vocal health injuries over the, over the years, just overuse and exhaustion. And so I knew going into it, I was like, I'm going to really have to be like fully a nun monk vibes, like, especially because the fringe is like the greatest party on earth. So I was like, okay, no booze, no going out. I literally would just like sleep, sleep a ton, any kind of tincture that was available to me. I was taking that tincture. I was chugging liters of water. I was doing, I was steaming, doing the vocal warmups. Like I kind of isolated myself from everyone I've ever known and loved and just became an absolute, I mean, and it was the most gratifying experience of my life. Like I was just so singularly focused and I felt it was so stressful and yet so rewarding. And I felt very powerful to be like, nope, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that. I'm just dealing with this project. I think that's often really hard to do as a creative when you feel the constant need to have the next thing ready or the next, you know, to be doing a million things at once because who knows if this is going to work out or that's going to work out, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, I love hearing that. And I I think there's so much to take away from that type of singularity. And I, I think we don't talk enough about kind of mono lifestyles and how mono lifestyles are required to create great work. And so it, it's cool to hear you say that because I was really curious, just what does that stamina require? And it requires a lot of discipline. So much. And then I, I think two things. I think my big problem is that I'm not great with moderation. So when I'm not in that mode, I'm fully like tapping into all my vices, binge, eat, drink, shop, fuck, you know, all my favorite all activities. So I'm trying now in my say it with me thirties to figure out a way <laughs> to have both lifestyles sort of happening at the same time. But it was, yeah, I think it's, it's nice to feel focus on one thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm going to track back for a second because this is coming up as you wrapped out that sentence. <laughs> what was it like growing up in Texas? random as hell. <laughs> no, my my mom grew up there and so she has she has a really big family. So we moved there when I was born in New York City and then we moved there when I was 5 and well the, the other thing the main thing is that my dad's Jewish but because we were in Houston I ended up going to these Christian schools and and ended up going to this like bizarre evangelical camp and was like totally brainwashed into fearing sex and hating my body. And I think that very much informed how I went fully in the other direction. Now I only talk about my holes nonstop in my podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it was very much a thing where I was like, I know I'm. this is not where I'm meant to live. So I'm just going to do this thing, get out. And now, now I like going back, but now I, you know, feel like New York City is definitely home. It's funny. I feel much more in tune with my Jewish side and I sort of left behind the, the residual Christian guilt and shame. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I converted to Judaism when I got married. Really? Oh, my God. We're very much on the same path. Yeah, very much on the same path. And my last name was Cohen. I actually just Are really? Married. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so but, but... funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I know. But now it's Erica Chitty again. I just got my divorce judgment. Like, Congratulations. Thank you very much. And it is congrats because, you know, yeah, all the things. I mean, I feel like that is like... Oh my god! Combo. How long were you married? I know, I know. I'm like wanting wanting all the deeds. No, 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 totally no. I was married for six years together oh, wow. with him for ten years almost, and that's he's a million my, years. Yeah, he's my husband. I love him still. Oh. We're still very close, and I I feel really lucky just because, you know, I don't know. 
you know, I'm 35 now. So also like in my thirties, you know, I just don't believe in throwing people away. You know, I think that's the gift as long as the relationship was not violent or <laughs> yeah, 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 psychotic. Course. Right. But I really believe in the starter marriage. I'm, oh my I'm God. a big fan, big, big, big I'm fan scared. of that. <laughs> don't be scared. How long have you and your boyfriend been together? We've been together like three years and okay. uh, I definitely want to get married. I just not anytime. I'm not in no rush. Don't rush. Don't rush. It's not, it's not necessary to, but I, w what I will say is, and I feel like I wish I had gotten this advice back in the day, just, mm -hmm. just do it your way. All of it, not just the wedding and the whatever, like just the relationship, just yeah. really like honor who you are to the nth degree because you just, there's so many, there's just so many, there's so much messaging you get given. And if mm -hmm. you've like managed to like scrub it all off, like that, that tape is still kind of embedded and just like do it your way. Totally. I know. I think I was feeling this pressure, like, oh, we should move in together. But I was like, actually, it doesn't literally make sense for either of us right now to move or move in together or spend this money for no reason or do this. The pandemic taught me how to like love being alone and spending time by myself. And I'm like, I want to savor this. I'm sure you get it. I mean, Joshua Tree vibes. I was like, bye. Oh my God. Liter That's literally. So amazing. Goodbye. And <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna plus one your feeling about living alone. And I think this also just leans into your body of work too. I think you're doing such deep excavative work about the self and oh, about I'm trying you are but in a way that's really approachable and, and hilarious but i do think that that type of work really happens when you spend a lot of time alone you know totally. i i don't know how you does that yeah. resonate oh absolutely and i think i read something a few years ago that was like you can't be creative unless you're bored and i think you know we're all like classic blah 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 distracting ourselves TikTok, whatever but i do think like when I, when I say I'm right, quote unquote writing, that's, that's also like three hours of kind of sitting on the floor and being like, is anything coming? And the, it's not that you're writing, it's that you're like preparing yourself emotionally to begin <laughs> creating something, which takes so much, so much time and, and alone time. And yeah, just like almost, yeah, agonizing boredom sometimes, or just like frustration and, and yeah, you get it. Totally. Well, you know, on my, a previous episode, I talked to Matt Reichel, amazing writer at the New York Times, senior reporter there, and he's got a new book out on creativity. Oh, and cool. he and I were just talking about the value of mind wandering, that there's, you know, scientific evidence of just like some of the best stuff comes out when you are just kind of like, what am I doing? I don't know, I know. what I'm doing. I know. Right? Lately, I'm like, I'm so addicted to true crime podcasts that I'm like, Ooh. am I shutting off my creative channels because I only listen to murder nonstop all day, every day? Because you know which... I love getting my steps in, but I have yeah. to get my murder. Murder to get steps. Murder and steps is my literal favorite self-care mashup. Okay, wait. <laughs> so what true crime podcasts? What are we doing? I mean, all, all of them. I, I like the ones that are serialized and I feel like I'm being taken on a journey. I, I'm trying to think of the last one I did. I loved like to live and die in LA. Have you listened to those? No, no. Those are really good. And I mean, the wondery ones are all super cheesy, but they really lock you in. Those they are really do. good. You know yeah. what you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Very like, much so. like there's one I just listened to called Twin Flames about did you listen to that one? <laughs> no, I haven't listened it's to so it. It's so crazy, you have to. Oh my okay. god. I know. It's definitely I, I really 
I do find it soothing. So I'm like, I'm just gonna let myself enjoy this. It's better than like going out and binge drinking or whatever. But I do feel like in some ways I must be, there's must be stuff that's not coming out because I'm filling the void with content at all times. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. CarbonX is an environmental company that aims to empower people to make a positive impact on the planet. They've created a simple platform to help you make up for your carbon emissions by supporting climate-friendly projects. You can earn shareable badges based on how long you've been offsetting, and your subscription will go towards supporting new initiatives and carbon offsetting projects that have been independently verified to have removed CO2 from the atmosphere. You can choose a project that is meaningful to you, such as planting trees in deforested regions of the Amazon and investing in energy-efficient and renewable resources around the world. For the Goop podcast team, CarbonX wanted to cover our team's carbon footprint. They donated a subscription for us to support an energy-efficient cook stoves program in Uganda. To learn more about CarbonX, head to their website at carbonx.com. That's carbon with a K-X.com or download the CarbonX app. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. I think to your point, when you're filling the void with content, you're, as a creative, you will probably reach like a breaking point Mm -hmm. where you'll just have to unplug and go in the opposite direction. As you said, like you tend to do things, it's it's, it's either one end of the pendulum or another. Yeah, baby. But that's what I think to me, though, is balance. Like I find Mm. it a real like... I think it's a feminine construct that is meant to hold us back to, to say, oh, like, you got to be balanced. It's kind of <laughs> like, what is, what is, what does that mean? Like, to me, that means double both ends of the pendulum and, and you spend equal times in both ends of the pendulum. And like, that's that. what balance looks like, you know? That's I love that so much. I had McDonald's the other night and I was feeling Go like off. I was, Go off. literally I was feel like I love McDonald's, but I was feeling you know when you feel like chemically bad, you're like that gave me not a stomach ache, but like a brain ache. Like I feel like yes. I've been truly poisoned by it, but I did enjoy every second of it. But I was telling my boyfriend that I was like, Oh, I feel so guilty. He's like, Why? Like, do that and then like just, you know, just have a salad today. Like, who cares? Like, chill out. I was like, I know. Well, also we love this boyfriend for you. So mm, he's yeah, from heaven. Just, I'm very lucky. Yeah. This He's is a very good emotionally intelligent. I know. I don't know how I found him. Actually, where did you find was, him? Yeah, I was like, actually, <laughs> you know where I found him. He was the he was the only straight guy at theater camp with my college friend. Wow. One of my best okay. from college was like, you got to meet the straight guy from camp. And I was like, eh, he's not my type. I don't want to be an actor. Famous last words. Here you are, and like that's so funny. Acting camp too. I mean, psycho. I'm very grateful I didn't <laughs> didn't go to acting camp. Like I was already a monster. If you'd give me too much fuel as a young, oh god. It's also yeah. like I, I can also picture like hearing about the camp. I can picture like how how so often in theater like women are pitted against each other because there's like one female role. I'm like that would have been so damaging for my psyche. Yeah, that would have been, that's like Lord of the Flies, but like. For <laughs> okay, Lord of the Flies, the musical. I'm ready. We're I'm ready it. too. I'm really ready. <laughs> Speaking of writing, so what's your process typically like? You oh my know, god! I, LOL. LOL. Like, are, do you have like a notebook? Or are we using like iPhone Notes app? What is the process, as they say? In yeah, I definitely keep a lot of stuff in my iPhone Notes. I'll throw out tweets and revisit them later. I'll journal and then I'm very big on like if it comes it comes and if it doesn't it's just not the right time like 
as, as we were kind of discussing, you need time away from it to feel inspired. So I, I do a weekly show and every Wednesday in the East Village at Club Coming, which is Alan Cummings Cabaret Nightclub. It's so fun. And so every week I'm at least forced to like, be like, okay, what am I going to talk about? Like, and sometimes I don't say anything new or interesting. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that could be like a whole, a whole bit, but I'm actually just trying to write a script for the first time ever. And that's a whole other beast because you have to like pay attention to rules and structure, which I hate. I feel much more comfortable writing stream of consciousness, like poems and songs and prose poems, etc. Yeah. Well, I, well, let's talk a little bit about your poetry, actually. Oh, where, I'd, love, where... I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should bring it up. <laughs> Funny. And where does that come from? What's the inspiration behind <laughs> it? Have you always been writing poetry? I literally recently found like an 80 page word document from high school called like poems. And it is the <laughs> most embarrassing thing on planet earth. But yeah, I think I always had a lot of feelings. And so I would write these poems in secret and it took a very long time for me to share anything publicly. I finally took a creative writing class my senior year of college and that kind of forced me to share things. And then when I started doing comedy, I'm not sure what it was, but I think I started seeing, I started reading more contemporary poetry and I was like, oh, these can be sort of funny too. Like, what if I tried writing in the vo writing poems in the voice in which I do stand up and then I read them out loud and it went over well. And then I was like, well, but I miss writing serious poems too. So when I had the book, I felt like I had an outlet to be like, okay, here, there are jokes in these, but there are some that are a little more earnest and heartfelt. So with your book, I'm curious because you're far more serious in God, I feel modern tonight. Yes, what, definitely. So what's more scary for you performing on stage or sharing something more vulnerable? <laughs> definitely performing, sharing something. I'm just Freudian slip, definitely sharing something more vulnerable <laughs> performing. I, you know what? I, I did Freudian slip, so maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But performing is heaven on earth and sharing like a serious essay. I mean, now I'm now I'm less scared of it, but I think in the beginning I was a little, you know, it's mortifying. Yeah. To think yeah. you have anything that to say. It's like, who are you, bitch? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Thinking about feeling like what you have to say is important. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the advice the advice column for W. Oh, yeah. Where, how did how, how did that come about and, you know, where where did you kind of build that agony aunt voice? Were you the kind of person that people would come to like in your friend group asking for? <laughs> I'm just so curious about how that came to be. I know. I'm like, I don't think I'm that person. I think I'm, I love to gossip. Does that count? I'm always like, tell me. Yeah, that I, When I meet someone, I'm like, tell me every single thing that's ever happened to you and why. Like, that's my vibe. But it just started because my amazing editor at W, Andrea Whittle, she just emailed me being like, yeah, it was a while ago, just being like, hey, I'm you know, I'm a fan, would you ever want to do something for W? And maybe like, I think she mentioned maybe like advice or something. And I was like, oh, that'd be really fun. And then it just kind of poured out naturally. And I, it's been like one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. And I think I, what I love about it is it's, it is like, it's humorous, but there's also a like applicable arc in there. Always. Oh, good. Like, oh, yeah. good. I could use that. I could use that piece. For that, I'll often ask friends. I'll be like, before I get into the funny part, like, what do you do? You guys think this is sound advice, or am I completely, completely off? And so that's helpful. I usually yeah. have like my friend, my dear friend Amy Solomon. I'll sometimes ask her just to read the column to be like, do I sound so stupid or no? Yeah, <laughs> you always need like a, a tiny 
kind of core group of people who will look at your work or, or totally. Where do you go for advice? Crickets. <laughs> I'm kind of, I mean, oh, wow. in some ways I like, I go to everyone. Like I have, I'm a chronic oversharer. Like I'll just tell everyone everything and be like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? So I don't know. I, I actually, I just, I have this amazing mentor. Her name's Marla Kerbin and, and she passed away in October. And she was kind of like my New York grandma. Like we met because she was my voiceover coach and we just really connected. And so it started off like taking voiceover lessons and it more became like, I'd go like lay on the foot of her bed and like, just ask her advice. You know, she was in her seventies and had lived many lives and she would give me all this, all this great advice. And it became this really special relationship. And so I, now I try and channel her when I need, need a little help. I love that so much having a, a wizened oh. woman person to just share insights and advice with. I, I also luckily have one of those. How did you meet? It's so hard, right? It is really hard. I feel really lucky. And sometimes I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I, it's, and I don't want to use the word, I'm not stalking her, but like my adoration <laughs> is just so, it's just so through the roof. Totally. But yeah. We met, we met through some mutual friends because, you know, before moving into women's health, I was, you know, thinking about becoming a curator. And so I was like, very much connected to, to that world and so oh, she cool. kind of came came out of that environment but she just her perspective is always just so spot on and i automatically listen given just the fact that she's seen so much and i think that that that's such a valuable piece totally what's her usual vibe when you come to her with a problem it's very matter of fact almost. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like there's been some type of arithmetic that she's put on the situation where it's just like do that do that do that or don't you know totally that, yes and that i think is what i appreciate there's not a lot of vacillating it's very much totally kind of a straight shot because i'm a big like ah, yeah, yeah yeah you know like i like to really like think through things and think about all the possible scenarios mm -hmm. which is not always valuable. It's not not valuable, but I think relationally it can be a little sticky. Totally. I remember one time Marla was like, she's like, just stop thinking about how you feel so much. She's like, just do it or don't. She's like, you're you're harping on your feelings. They they don't they're not even real. I was like, oh car, drag me to <laughs> drag me to hell. Like it was so true. It was like I'm oh god, it's so self absorbed to be like, but I feel like this. <laughs> but you know, it, I actually, I'm going to take, I'm going to take her words with me today just because it is true. It's like feelings aren't facts. And right. I think we do get, get caught up and it is really helpful <laughs> to have someone just be like, how about, how about you just not think about that for a little bit, you know? Right, right. Few things are yeah. urgent in life. Exactly. But everything feels urgent. So another thing i'm really curious about is just your relationship with clothing because oh, i feel <laughs> my favorite she loves fashion she loves I the love fashion. it it's heaven on earth <laughs> as a little girl my favorite thing in the world was to play dress up and i think the world tried to <laughs> pull me away from that and then in the past <laughs> you know 10 years figuring out who i am and blah 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 i'm just dressing sort of like i'm a toddler again i'm like i'm just truly delighted by like rhinestones and bright colors and feathers and just like fun things it puts me in a better mood when I'm well dressed and it also is fun as a performer to be like I'm going to 
yeah, do stand up comedy, but dress in this absolutely insane pink rhinestone romper. And that's just how things are going to be for us. You know what I mean? Yep. But <laughs> that's the journey, <laughs> right? But it is it is tough because I as someone who loves clothes and yet is like, I, I kind of I obviously I fluctuate between like a size 10, 12 and 14. And so it's, I'm always like on the border of like being able to fit into a lot of straight size stores. Thankfully, now there are more options, but it does suck like I love vintage clothes and stuff, but you go into a store and I'm just like, oh, I'm too big for all this. Like, it's such a bummer. But I do feel like had teen me seen sort of what the plus size models are, as they say, serving on Insta, I'd be so, <laughs> so at peace. Yeah, deeply, deeply at rest, deeply yeah. at peace. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. When it comes to putting together your home, a great rug can make all the difference. A rug is really what pulls a room together and creates harmony. Nordic Knots offers a curated collection of rugs and timeless, high-quality essentials. They collaborate with leading designers and are the insider rug brand gracing some of the world's most beautiful homes. They have a wide-ranging collection, but we'll just talk about a few favorites today. The luxurious Grand Collection is known for its simple design, stunning colors, and high-quality wool. But if you're feeling a bit more bold, their designer collaborations are made with world-renowned designers and interior architects. Their Goodweave certified rugs are handmade and woven in all natural materials, like their super soft and beautiful New Zealand wool. At Nordic Knots, they make the process of rug shopping easy and enjoyable. And they always offer fast and free shipping from the US. To explore their rug collections, head to nordicknots.com. Use promo code INNERCIRCLE to get free rug samples. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. I too love the fashion and feel very similarly interestingly about vintage clothing because mm -hmm. I am like, I'm five, three, five, two, I guess like five, two, five, three in a good day. But, you know, like I have a pretty good old caboose there we go good old, we love it good old good old thick juicy thighs and so mm -hmm. you know i'm tiny at the top but you know you try to put a pant on me it better have some room and i know so pants I just, are hard it's just yeah so i hear you there's a lot of things i've just had to be like well that's not for me i and think that okay. my literal dream is just to have enough money that i can have all this custom clothing my friend kelsey randall who made my romper for the netflix special like working with her, it makes you just feel so good about your body and so happy. And Ugh. she just makes you feel like an absolute queen on earth. Exactly. Like when you have things fitted to your body. Totally. It makes such a difference. I actually typically will buy clothes that are a few sizes up mm -hmm. and then have everything custom. Like yes, Taylor, that's the way. Yeah, that's the way just to kind of avoid the like, what size are you? I'm just like, totally. Oh, just give it to me. I'll take mm -hmm. it to my tailor and we, and we will figure it out. But I, to me though, actually, you know, just talking about tailoring, like I see tailoring as a part of my wellness. Like mm. it's not just, you know, I, I, well, I think what I'm trying to get to is to ask you, you know, what does wellness look like for you? What does it feel Ooh. like? What do you typically do to take care of yourself? Yeah, I'm big on baths are a really big part of my life. I like to take multiple baths a day, just as hot as humanly possible. I don't stay in for super long, but the it's literal, it's nature Xanax to be in a hot, hot bath. 
Yeah. So that's big. And then walk, walking and exercise like is unfortunately life changing. Walking is pleasant. Exercise can be unpleasant, but it's so, so good for my brain. I, I know it's the mental health benefits. It's it really, truly is. I mean, so what's your workout vibe? What is she doing? over there. Well, I'm real big on my steps. I'm always doing getting my 10K in. Not every day. Let's not be crazy, but I'm almost always getting my 10K. And then if I'm somewhere beautiful, I love going on a long run. If I have time, I need like two hours for that because I want to like walk a bit and then see how far I can go and then turn around, blah, blah, blah. But I'm recently getting into weightlifting again, which is go off. very nice, right? It's good. Yeah. yeah. I had to actually take some time off because I froze my eggs last week last Amazing. two weeks ago so that i just gotten a really good like weightlifting vibe and then i had to immediately stop so today was actually my first day back in the gym since my having my eggs sucked out um well, I, felt good i i definitely want to have like a total separate conversation with yeah. you about that but i'm gonna draw my mind back i'm curious about running and i love that mm. your, your wellness is very much around just moving moving your body did you always like running? I just no, I hated so... it. Okay, I truly, well, how did truly you eventually it? make it work? I'm trying to think. I think a few years ago, I lived by Prospect Park, and I wasn't really busy with work. And I was <laughs> now. I'm, now I'm laughing, laughing. I was also living with a boyfriend at the time, and I think I felt like if I didn't get out of the house, I'd lose my mind often. So I was like, I'm just going to start running. And I also find it really helpful. A lot of these running apps are very encouraging. I love like Nike Run Club. I love Strava. I feel like that helped me get into it. And once I saw it as like a mental thing, not a physical thing, I started enjoying it more. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I love that we're dropping apps to help people. I love an app. Love an app. She loves an I, app. I'm really addicted app. to my Apple Watch. It's absolutely the most boring thing about me. I'm obsessed. <laughs> you know what? You're, she's getting her steps in. She's getting her info. That's 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 how that's how it goes. And last self-care thing I'll say is that I need I'm convinced I need medically more sleep than the average person. Like I love to sleep so much and I need it all the time and sometimes self-care is canceling on shit so you can just sleep. We love a cancel. I love, love a cancel. cancel. I know. I love a, love a cancel. It's just, you know. But I love that you are thinking about sleep hygiene and you know some people do genetically need more sleep. And again, <laughs> I think your approach is so simple, which is what I love. And I was hopeful that that would be the case when I asked. You know that. what I like? Have you heard that podcast maintenance phase? No. Oh, it's a great out, podcast. Gets, gets out phone. I'm a big fan. They, they sort of debunk sort of wellness trends and myths. And I feel like they're very funny as well. But I think it often everything just comes back to like sleep, water, vegetables, being around people who make you feel good about yourself. Let's not overthink totally. it. Ladies, let's not overthink it. Let's not. But at the same time, you know, we don't want to overthink it, but we want to think about it. So. We want to think about it in a fun way. Exactly. Which is what. And who doesn't part. love? I mean, of course, I love a special green juice as well. I'm no better we than the a, rest we, of you. We, we, yeah. we love a green juice. I mean, honestly, what I've been really loving at the moment is really high quality tuna. Say what oh, you want, but what kind of kind tuna of thing? Tunino. Tunino, gourmet tuna. Well, actually, there's two tunas. Oh, this is where it's out phone. But <laughs> two tunas. So the one tuna is Tunino, T-U-N-N-I-N-O. It's from Costa Rica, and they you you can either get the tuna fillet 
or you can get the tuna vanesca vanesca i always say the name wrong but they're delicious you could just eat it right out of that oh i love right that down. and I'm they're a big, so I'm a big protein girl me too i typically have a tuna niswa every single day like oh like my a, how chic are you you know i where do you get my... this tunino you order online yeah i will i'll get your info i will all I'll right well, we'll connect we'll connect we'll, wait we'll connect. last thing i know we have to go but also yes i'm addicted i'm clinically addicted to massage like i get so much Me massage oh bliss the best the i best. go i guess it's 30 dollars for an hour at this place i go to in the west village which i will not reveal the name and do um, not <laughs> because, everyone, because you need to keep that to yourself no no it's renew wellness i'm, I'm not a, okay guys i'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not going to stick to that. But anyways, that's very good for – it's all body stuff for me because my mind is too kooky. Yeah, me too. Oh, and well, I'm heavily medicated on antidepressants. Shout we, out. We love, we, we love, we love our <laughs> medication. I, 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 I think I – have I shared – we haven't – I don't I haven't really talked a lot about that. Again, for another time. Totally. You know, pharmaco pharmacology is – is so important because Love it. I think I read something. I saw someone say it on Twitter the other day. Someone was like, who's out here just like raw dogging the decline of man. And I was like, yes, oh, you know, I can say I can yeah. actually it's my friend Jabuki Young White, amazing comedian. He was <laughs> yeah. the one who tweeted yeah. some of y'all are out here just raw dogging reality so that we give credit yeah. to give credit. It's a Jabuki tweet and he's very, very funny. Yeah, that is super funny. And it's true. I think we have to have all the things we need. We need the medication. We need the movement, and uh, you know we need the laughs. So oh, we need the laughs. I could talk to you forever, Erica. I know. Same. This is really fun. Right. I had we'll connect. Such, please let's at least for me to tell you more about this sooner. Please do. Thanks for tuning into today's episode with Katherine Cohen. Be sure to watch her new Netflix special, The Twist. She's gorgeous, which is out now. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. I hope you'll listen, follow, rate, and review all of our episodes, which are available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Goop Podcast.